Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, everybody from athletes to CEOs to people who are just doing really cool things in their space. And we're going to be doing that today. We have a really cool guest that um, I know everyone's going to be excited to hear from. Uh, Just before we jump in there, two mentions that we have to uh, make. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that one of our supporters is Plum. And Plum is um, an assessment tool that you use for um, organizations that are trying to look at either development or recruitment or being able to look at succession planning and maybe right now reorganizations. Um, And so it looks at people's potential. So um, definitely something to take a look at. You can um, check them out at www.plum.io or just go to our website at www.bigideabigmoves.com and there's a link there for you to take a look at it and see if it's right for your business. Um, The other one is that if you are in the middle, and, and I think you'll probably find after today, you might be trying to kind of reset, whether it's your health and wellness or um, just your, your goals and what you're going to do personally or maybe with your business. Um, we have a high performance planner that's on the website as well. So take a look at that. Um, and uh, we think it will really help. It combines all of those things in there. It's actually by Brendan Burchard, if you know him. Um, so uh, take a look on the website. And, um, you know, again, that's www.bigideabigmoves.com. Um, and it's under the enrichment zone. So, uh, so today I'm I'm really happy to have uh, Annie Thoris' daughter with us here today. Um, you've probably recognized her. She's a, a two-time fittest woman on earth. Um, she is an 11-time CrossFit Games qualifier and has five podium finishes. I hope I've got all those correct, and we'll we'll double check them with Annie just to make sure. Um, but on top of being a superstar in her sport, she has recently um, become a mom um, and is also, from what I understand, planning a return to the competitive circuit when when the time is right there. Um, she's also co-owner of uh, her own CrossFit gym uh, in Iceland, where she's joining us from today, um, and has really paved the way for a lot of um, women and men um, to succeed in her sport and a lot of other things as well. So thank you for joining us, Annie. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and um, uh, you are one of those kind of most recognizable, I think, CrossFitters in the world. And, and um, that's pretty cool. But but we also know that just recently, um, you and your, your partner have, have had a, and we know that even during this interview, that uh, you may get interrupted. So, um, uh, you know, tell us what it's like to have kind of transitioned into being a mom for the next little while. It's definitely a big change. As a professional athlete, um, it's a pretty selfish lifestyle, I would say, because everything needs to evolve around you, your schedule, your body, your training. And all of a sudden, now you have this tiny little human being that has taken this control of your schedule. Everything's on her schedule yeah. <laughs> and evolves around her well-being. So it's, it was, it was bigger change than I expected, mm-hmm. but absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I had, I had a great pregnancy and the experience has just been wonderful. And I did have a really, really difficult birth, but yeah. Having this baby girl, if yeah, like I said, it's it's very hard to imagine if if you're not a parent. And I never yeah. understood it when people said that that yep. you don't understand what it's like to becoming a parent. And a lot of people have told me that uh, it almost doesn't feel like your life starts until uh, yeah. you're a parent. 
I don't agree with that because yeah. I feel like I've experienced incredible things and I've done so many great things. And, um, but it's, it's so my different life was suddenly. going on there, but yes, but it's so different. You feel like your life has a different purpose all of a sudden. That was probably what surprised me the most was this just like ridiculous, strong, unconditional love for this tiny person that, uh, you and it's don't instantaneous, know, but are, which is yes, strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's so odd. It's yeah. so strange, yeah. but it's absolutely amazing. And she's amazing. She's three months old now and yeah, yeah, doing, doing so good. Doing well. Well, that's good. And, and now I did hear that, um, that you're at least discussing it a little bit about a return to kind of competition. I mean, in some ways with COVID, it's a little bit easier not to, but I, I just wondered <laughs> like right now, um, is that something you still kind of plan on doing? And, uh, um, you know, are you, are you thinking timelines or are you just kind of thinking kind of getting back to that level? Well, all the way through my pregnancy, uh, the plan was to go back to competing. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I've always said as well, it depends on how everything goes. Like, this is the first time I, I'm doing this and everyone's yeah. experience are different. But I'm still the same person. Uh, Pre-baby, post-baby, I'm yeah. still me. And I love training. And I love pushing my boundaries and becoming a better, stronger version of myself. And I am still making my way back there. I'm definitely not where I used to be, obviously, sure, but sure. I'm still so motivated to train. Break. You didn't take a huge break either, did you? Any, like you, were, <laughs> you were training through a lot of you know, your pregnancy and actually didn't even tell people for a while too, right? So um, you know, yeah. that, that probably helps in some ways. Absolutely. I had the most incredible pregnancy and I was able to train throughout the whole, the whole uh, pregnancy. <laughs> I trained until the day I gave birth. Really? Uh, obviously wow. modified it, but sure. I was able to move and I just, I felt great. Yeah. Um, but I obviously had to take some time off after birth mm -hmm. and yep. it's taking me longer time than I would have wanted to, to recover um, yeah. afterwards. But I'm still, I would say I'm probably in the best bike shape of my life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My lungs have gotten really strong again and I am, I'm training and I'm feeling great. And it was interesting, the comments I started getting when I wanted to start training again post-birth. Yeah. Yeah. Then a lot of people, obviously everyone has their opinions and that's what I'm used to. But a lot of people didn't understand why I wanted to get back to it. Just give yourself time. Give yourself time to recover. And absolutely, you need to give yourself time to recover. And I was not able to start training early. I had to wait quite a while before I could start doing something. But as soon as I was able to start training again, that endorphin release and feeling like myself again it's not like I was doing that because I had to push my body or that I just have to get in competition shape right away it's because it makes me feel better it's because it everyone that has pushed there and is used to training you know that feeling when you finish a workout it's it's such a nice feeling and I missed I missed feeling myself just lying all day everything evolving around my baby girl, which is perfectly fine. And I appreciate every single moment of doing that. Like, absolutely. But I wanted to get that feeling again. 
that I was in control of my body again. And that's why I started training yeah. when I was able to start training and doing it the right way, uh, obviously. But I'm my goal, so answer your question. <laughs> the goal is still to make it back to the CrossFit Games and not just make yeah. it back. I'm a competitor and I want to be as good as possible. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it's going to be this season. So the yeah. CrossFit Open starts in February, end of February. Then my competition season is starting. So I need to be like ready to push pretty hard at that point. Yeah. Uh, so that's still the goal, but we'll see. I'm, well, and, I'm uh, listening to my body. That's good. And, and, and the, like the CrossFit community is something different too. I think that a lot of, a lot of other people may not, might not understand. I'm sure that's, it's difficult to stay away from that just as much because um, I'm, I'm sure at your, at your gym, um, there is that connection with all of the people who go there, especially considering you're one of those people that people go to as well while they're there. Is that something like, is, is that true at, at your gym? Is that something that you missed as well? Cause it, it really is your Absolutely. adult community almost too. Yes, exactly. That's my job. That's where I see people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you miss, I miss being around people and I miss the company and yeah, it's, I very often tell people, especially my coaches, that for people that come to the gym, we want this to be one of the best times of the day. Like you're done with work, you're coming and you're doing something for yourself. And we want to create a good, happy atmosphere where you feel good about what you're doing and you're getting that endorphin release and you're getting those smiles and you're going to go home so happy. And that's my work. Like yeah, every, I, day. <laughs> every day I get to go to the gym and obviously it's not always rainbows and butterflies, yeah. but it makes me so happy. That is such a good part of my day. I'm not saying it's the best part of my day because I love spending time with my family and my daughter, but it is such a good part of my day and it makes my day even better. And then when I come home, I feel so good and I am so happy. So it is such a big part of it. So yes, I definitely missed, it's the longest I've ever been away from the gym. <laughs> <laughs> And, and for you, that's probably at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. and you do bring a better version of yourself home, probably because of that. And and actually, that leads me into so um, obviously the the physical part creates that for you. Um, from a mental performance standpoint, do you do much from from that end as well, or have you had to do much on on kind of working on your mental performance uh, instead of yeah. just the physical? Absolutely, that is such a big part of it. I actually started working with a sports, um, I never know the English word for it, psychiatrist, therapist? A psychologist, therapist. Psychologist. Yeah, yeah it could be, <laughs> depending on what they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least I got help with that side of it uh, in 2016 because I got a heat stroke 2015. Yeah. And then 2016 was probably the most miserable year for me competing because I was so nervous about it happening again. Uh, so I found help to deal with it and it's been one of the better decisions of my career uh is getting that assistance because at at least as a competitor you have to be able to enjoy it as well and i was starting to lose the enjoyment and i've always loved competing but i was starting to lose it 
because I was getting so scared of hurting myself or getting a heat stroke or doing something wrong and worried about not being motivated enough and what I was doing it for. So it was definitely a good call and I've been working with him ever since. It's not like I need to talk to him once a week. We may talk uh, three times, two, three times leading up to a competition or an event, but it's such a big part is working on that mental side. And I have such a strong team around me, which is maybe why I don't need more often to have those talks, but it's about mm, keeping focus, I would say, and getting an impartial person coming in that you can talk about, about your worries or whatever it is that might be going on. There's a lot of stress and pressure that follows um, competitive sports, but I've I've come to terms with it and I've learned to actually embrace it and enjoy it. It's kind of channel. It's not everyone that actually gets to have those pre-competition jitters and nerves and have that pressure. And it's a privilege to actually get to have that. And I, I like those butterflies in my stomach and I'm starting to realize they just make it better and they make me perform better. And I am so lucky to be allowed to do what I'm doing. So it's, yeah, it's helped shift the mindset a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the mindset is important, but, but it is interesting. It's probably even comes with time, right? Because you are becoming, you know, pretty experienced in going to the games and things like that. (laughs) Um, But it probably feels a lot different now because maybe you're also realizing, wow, you know, that, that is something that not everybody can go to. Not everybody can achieve what I can achieve. And, uh, and that's, that's a, a nice spot to be at. Yeah. And it's always like, like you said, it comes with time a little bit, but every single year I have a different motivation and a different drive that's getting me to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the things that, and we talked about it just before we came on here is, is um, because of that, you've actually inspired a lot of, I would assume a lot of young women who, who train in your gym. That's one thing. That's, that's kind of cool. You actually have a lot of people that, that um, you've inspired that way. Um, but also the, just generally, I think the whole idea of um, women being strong or young women being strong and that being okay and being something that is actually you know, a really good thing um, has changed even from some of the impact that you and, and some of your, you know, the top CrossFitters and people in, in your genre um, have done it. You know, do, you, do you notice that impact? Do you um, do, you do it on purpose now? Um, you know, what, how, do, how does that happen for you? Absolutely. Um, in the beginning, I was only 20 years old when I first started getting messages from girls and women that were telling me that I had changed their lives or positively affected their lives. Um, and it felt really strange to me in the beginning and almost a little bit uncomfortable. But now it's such a big part of why I continue to do what I do. Yeah. And the people that write me and tell me that I'm their motivation and I've helped them out, they are my motivation. That is such a big part of, of who I am right now. And it is, it's incredible to be able to help other people out by doing 
something that you love doing yourself. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's, it's been, um, I'm trying to find the right words for this. It's been strange to me to realize how many of us or women struggle with self image, struggle with allowing themselves to be strong and allowing themselves to train and be confident. And we, we tend to pull each other down while we should be building each other up. And I feel like that is such a big part of it. And now for myself, just going through my pregnancy and things that I've had to deal with, I feel like I've gotten into a new group where other women are helping me out with sharing their stories. And I'm seeing how sharing my story can then help other people out. And it is that being okay to be vulnerable, being okay to be yourself. And I am hoping that I can help other people on their journey, trying to find themselves and being confident in their own skin. Mm -hmm. But Honestly, I feel like I've already had success. If I help one person, if I, if I make one person's life better in any way, I am successful. And it's, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it and I take it seriously and I want to make sure that I'm as good of a role model as I possibly can be. And now I have a new motivation and that's being a role model for my daughter that yeah. Even if you have kids, it doesn't mean that you need to stop doing what you love doing. If, if yeah. I want to compete again, I can compete again. If I yeah. want to stop, I can stop. But it's, it's my decision. Yeah. And she can and, live that with you and see you in that light as she's growing up as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So that's, like I said, my motivation changes every time, but my motivation now is being a good role model for my daughter but through the past especially the past four or five years it's it's been just being a good role model for young girls now did did any, do you do you have somebody that inspires you right now or is there somebody in particular that kind of affected you that way i think there's a lot of actually a lot of people that inspire yeah. me i feel like i learned so much from just people around me and i can kind of steal their traits a little bit. Like I see someone being so confident about themselves and I'm like, yes, that's how you should, like I want to tap into a little bit of that. See someone being so good to another person or good at giving compliments. I'm like, yes, I want to be a little bit more like that. But I'm going to be the cliche here and say that my biggest role model is probably my mother. Uh, we're, we're really, really close and she's one of my best friends. And uh, she's, she's just always raised me and taught me in a way that I can do everything that I want to as long as I just give it 100%. And that's how I was raised. And that's how we did it in my household. I always, everyone in Iceland needs to do sports. And it was the same for me. I had to do a sport. I could choose whatever sport that would be. 
but I had to stick with it and I had to finish the year in that sport and then I could change it to something different. So it taught us to stick with what we were doing and give everything a chance. Yeah. And I was planning to become a doctor. And when I told him that I was maybe not, I was going to take one year off. And then I was like, yeah, if you do that, of course you can do that. But you then need to give it a hundred percent. You, you need to fully commit. It's no half assing in. Yeah. And that's how I've done it through my whole life. There's no half assing any project. If I make yeah. a decision, I'm going to go all in. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I can get back up again and I can try again yeah. or go into something else. But at least I'm never going to look, look backwards and say, I didn't give it, give it all I had. And I feel you, like that's such a big thing to teach me. Yeah. And, and do you, do you think is that, um, is that why, um, you know, actually I, you mentioned Iceland, like how many top level athletes come from such a small area, even like a small <laughs> city that you're thinking about, like the city that you're in, how many top level, level athletes either train there or come from there? Um, is it because of some of that? Like, is that a standard way of living is that you, you do play sports or you are very active and there is that kind of push to make sure you do your best regardless. Is that, is that something that was just unique to your family, do you think, or to your impacts, or is it something generally held? Maybe the push to fully commit was in my yeah. family, but you're so right when you say that uh, just being active, is, it's very big in Icelandic culture. We do yeah. a lot of outdoorsy things. Uh, we're there is just an active lifestyle. And like I said, all kids do sports. Like you choose a sport to do. I don't know any kids that don't do anything. You might go between and do different things, but everyone yeah. does something or some sort of an um, activity. Yeah. And I think what I started learning when I started traveling and competing in CrossFit, uh, so competing abroad and doing interviews, I very often got the question uh, if it felt weird to me to be a girl with muscles, if boys looked different at me or if I got comments about it. And I never, ever got that question here in Iceland. Mm -hmm. Never. Yeah. But when I started traveling, I started getting that question. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, is that weird? Why do they keep on asking me that? Because now no one has ever said that's weird. Obviously, I have more muscles than a lot of girls in Iceland, but I've never felt like it's been looked down upon. And I feel like it's, it's a little bit engraved in our culture to be a strong woman. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to living here back in the days before yeah. we had nice houses. Like you wouldn't survive if you didn't work, if you didn't pull your own weight. You had to be kind of a badass yeah. Uh, back in those days. And I think it's just a little bit engraved in us yet to date. And when it comes to uh, gender equality and women's rights, we're, I think we're one of the top countries in the world. We had the first Absolutely. female uh, prime minister mm -hmm. and president. And we're, we're just very far ahead when it comes to that. And I think that's a big part of, like you said, we have, we have some very strong uh, women from here yeah. doing great things in sports as well. So that's, that's something that I started noticing when I started traveling.
Yeah, and it is something that, um, you know, I, I think you're right. In, in other cultures, it is looked at differently. But that, I think, has been changing because of some of that impact when you do go internationally. And um, I think that's, that's a cool impact that you would have had as well. So um, bef just before you go into, um, into an event, do you still get, you mentioned butterflies, but do oh. you, is it, is it the same as it was before or is it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That never goes yeah. away. Yeah. I think, I think I would quit if that goes away. If you don't get the butterflies and the yeah. stress, you, I'm not judging, but I think if I would not feel butterflies and stress, yeah. I wouldn't care anymore. Yeah. I get it because I care so much. I want to do so good. I want to perform at my best. And then there's a certain amount of stress that comes along with it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I'll, that will be the day I will stop competing is when I don't get those butterfly Get the butterflies jitters. anymore. And, yeah. and now, you know, you're, you're planning on kind of what comes next for you. Um, do you have like, cause you've already, you've won the CrossFit games a couple of times. You've, you, you actually were also kind of right back up there again, kind of uh, in just before you, you know, you've, you've taken some time off. Um, yeah. Do you have very specific goals of here's what I'd like to do before I finish my career? Do you have those kind of things still? Uh, I set specific goals. Yes. I feel like I've accomplished what I wanted in my sport However, I did want to be, I was the first woman to get two world championships titles. I wanted to be the first one to get three. Unfortunately, Tia got there ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope I gave her a run for it, but yeah, she got there ahead of me. But I would, I would very much like to get back on the podium again. Um, obviously, I would like to win. I'm a competitor and I would win the, like to win the CrossFit Games. I would like to be the first woman in the world to um, win the CrossFit Games post uh, birth. Yeah. But that's, yeah. There's, that's, there's another special one, one, right? That there's I a first. Really like. <laughs> yes, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you've, you've hit all the other firsts. You might as well continue that, right? So, uh, okay, so, if, um, so one thing that we ask everybody on the show and a different iteration of it, but um, is a couple of actionable things. So a couple of things that people can kind of jump on right away after hearing this and start to move things forward for themselves. So uh, I'm thinking of um, especially maybe a, a, a young woman, a, a young girl who's, who's thinking, you know what, I really should be doing something like this where I want to go into some kind of whether it's an um, whether it's CrossFit or something kind of athletic that they really want to pour themselves into um, what would be what would be a couple of things you, you could recommend they do kind of right away to get themselves started on the right path I would say writing down just one two three things let's say that you're listening to this podcast right now and you really want to get back to the gym or whatever that is, then you write down just on a piece of paper, I am going to go back to the gym three times this week or two times this week and put it on your nightstand and then put a box next to it so that you can put that X, like mark it out once you've done it. Have it on your nightstand and then that's something that you're gonna look at and you'll remember every single time you wake up and you wanna get that done. Another thing is don't, don't overthink things. I hear so many that want to get into shape before they go to the gym or fix their diet a little bit before they go to the gym. Just do 
one thing at a time and just show up. Don't worry about what you're going to do at the gym. Don't worry about other people looking at you because everyone are going to be looking at themselves. No one is going to be looking at you. Like, honestly, none of us have the time to look at other people. We're so obsessed with ourselves. So just show up at the gym and do whatever you can in that session and be proud of what you did. That's, it's the first step. Just walk in and, yeah. and show I, up. I, I love those two things because one is I think people um, underestimate the power of writing things down and being able to yes. have something specific because uh, you know that we're, we live in such a world where everything is just on people's cell phones and everything that the, the tactile thing of writing it down and seeing it is important. And then the other one that yeah. I think everybody who's going back to the gym or going for the first time feels like everybody's looking at you. And, and the reality is, is once you're there for a while, you realize now nobody ever looked at me. Nobody ever really cares. <laughs> it's purely just, you know, they're focused on themselves. That's, that's great advice. So, um, uh, well, uh, so Annie, if people are, are looking to, I mean, obviously you're pretty easy to find and follow on the internet and everything too, but are there specific things that um, ways for people to do that, to follow what you're doing i'm probably the most active just on my instagram so just any thoughts that are on instagram awesome. probably the most active there and then i'm working on some cool projects that i'm gonna start throwing onto youtube soon so cool. they'll be uh, i'm kind of excited to take it a little bit further so that i can yeah. have a little bit longer talks and teach people a little bit more yeah no and and you know that's it's great because uh, i mean you've got lots to share so um so we'll make sure that we put so anybody listening we will put um the uh the instagram on the show notes so that that way if you haven't got that but it is easy to find so just uh, just find annie on there she's got some great stuff and um and anybody who's just looking at um some inspiration i mean her her background is fantastic but she's obviously a um just a, a you know a great person as well so um so thanks Thank for, for joining us annie this has been awesome um uh, you if you haven't hit subscribe on uh, the podcast, make sure you do that. Also visit www.bigideabigmoves.com. We've got um, books from some of our guests. We've got um, a bunch of different things on there. And then we have great guests every week, just like Annie. So um, make sure you go on there and subscribe. And, uh, and again, uh, thanks, Annie. And uh, we'll, uh, good luck. And, and hopefully we'll see you in uh, the CrossFit Games very soon again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks All right, and we'll, we'll see everybody again on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. Mm-hmm.